welcome to episode 122 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. I'm Brett Nolan of AppAg.net, and with me as always is Trevor Sheridan of App Advice. In this episode, Trevor and I go on a rad adventure, both over and underground, battling spirits, demons, and piles of office supplies. How you doing tonight, Trevor? Doing good. This is a fun week just because it's Halloween time, and I do love me some Halloween. I know this is Halloween, Halloween. <laughs> and before we do get into the spooky, scary stuff, because this app or this episode is going to be about Halloween apps, Apple actually made some news. And the first is AirPods Pro. We kind of hinted that there was rumors last week, and now it's actually for real. They're going to officially launch on the day this podcast goes live, which is October 30th. But Apple released a press release on Monday. And with it, it's kind of as you would imagine. It's resembles the airpods but they have new silicone tips to make a better seal in your ear and in doing so they now are trying to create active noise cancellation that will be the big distinguisher from the existing airpods and to make them pro not only do you get active noise cancellation but the price goes up to 250 dollars <laughs> yes, that that pro comes at a cost. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean the the AirPods themselves, the stems look a little shorter, and the case is like a wider, shorter, fatter case. But you get that same one fifth of a day battery life that we're used to with uh, with the AirPods. Like we didn't lose that. You can charge it three times with the case. The case will support uh, Wi-Fi charging. Like you said, it is a premium price at two forty nine. A lot more expensive than the current AirPods, and a lot more expensive than competitors like the Amazon's uh, earbuds or whatever they they're calling them. And those have noise cancellation and are beginning rave reviews. So it's it'll be curious to see how this does for Apple at that premium price tag. Uh, with now the space, so many competitors coming into the space, and then you have. Pretty much you're competing with your early adopters who dropped $150, $170 for the existing AirPods or maybe the AirPods with the wireless charging, and they have AirPods. And for me personally, I'm not going to go spend $250 to try out active noise cancellation. I'm really intrigued if Apple was able to pull it off on that small scale because, you know, you're used to being the over-the-ear headphones for active noise cancellation. But... I don't want to go to an Apple store and try them on after a ton of people. Like, trying on the watch, I'm not too worried about my wrist, but putting something inside my ear is completely different. Yeah, so technically you don't have to spend $249 just to try them. You can go to a store where everyone's trying them on, and I'm sure they wipe them off with some kind of little alcohol swab, but it's still yeah, pretty I, gross. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Yeah, I one of the neat things about these, though, is supposedly there's this whole thing that it does to make sure, because you can have these three different sizes of ear tips you can put on, like most uh, bud type, uh, especially the ones that go into the ear. And so you can swap out and choose the right size for you. But I guess there's actually like a mechanism built into these where it's, checking to see which of those tips is the right size for you by using algorithms and it tests like uh the speaker driver and does something where it does kind of little um detections to see if the seal is proper and to tell you if you should be using a different one of those ear tips so it helps you figure out exactly which one is the best one for you not just by you guessing and saying oh this feels right it actually uses some sort of algorithm to to calculate and make sure that the seal is just right to give you the best 
possible quality. Yeah, so that's another, I guess, appealing feature. But for Pro, it's $100 more. And really, that active noise cancellation needs to be life-changing or life-affirming for that $100 premium. Especially because, <laughs> again, not only if you do have AirPods, you're dropping 170 or 150 plus 250 Because those old ones aren't trash or anything. They work perfectly fine. But to go to these new ones, that that's a definite leap. And then, like you said, you're also competing with Amazon and Google. And everyone seems to have these wireless noise-canceling headphones now yeah yeah i mean and especially i think the amazon one's only 130 so you're talking like way less uh i I, like you am not planning on changing these anytime soon mine are working fine maybe if or when the battery dies then maybe i would do it um but no plans to swap out mine as they are. Uh, one thing they do have on the... So they've released it as a press release, and part of that, there were images, and now if you go to apple.com, you can see them. The thing, it only comes in white again. We're not getting any kind of colors. But one of the images they have on there, just to show you what the insides are, it's like a clear case, and you can see all the internals of these things. They really should have thought about releasing a clear version of these, because it looks really cool to see everything that's inside there. Uh, I think those would have sold like crazy well if if you had a clear version, but they went with just the plain old uh, white that they always do. Yeah, I definitely agree. But speaking of images, credit to the internet for as soon as these were announced, you have the comparison to Bellsprout from Plants vs. Zombies of how these AirPod Pro look, and then also a hairdryer, as well as the top of (laughs) Super Mario Sunshine, his little water sprayer thing. So really good comparisons right out the gate for these AirPods Pros. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought they, I do like that little shorter stem on it, but then again, one of the early reviews I saw said they, the, the when they made a call to their voicemail with it, it really sounded muffled. Uh, the sound quality was excellent listening, but recording. I've even noticed that with my current AirPods. I, I don't think the re, the sound quality is all that great when you're saying things, especially if someone has to completely understand you. It seems to work enough for like Siri, uh, Siri when you're calling Siri, but for anyone to actually understand what you're saying, I found that people kind of struggle to hear what I'm saying when I'm talking into them. So this is a total aside, but saying serial, I love the idea of a horror movie <laughs> where Siri comes to life and is a serial killer. I mean, geez, that, that is money in the bank right there. <laughs> or it's talking to you through these AirPods and then causing you to do evil things. Yeah, it controls you. It has like a special... uh sequence a special uh, pitch that it goes to to control your brain yeah they actually did that in doctor who they had the people wearing the little air the uh for making uh cellular calls they had the little head pieces in and then they turn them into cybermen using those so uh it's kind of been done but it would still be cool yep. so that's airpods pro if you're interested again they're launching october 30th 250 dollars. if you've never had airpods I'm really intrigued how these silicone tips fit versus the existing ones. Because right now, if you were out to go get a regular pair of AirPods, they're some of the best-fitting in-ear headphones I've ever had. Kudos to them. But this is a completely different design on the actual part that goes into your ear. So I'm, I can't recommend that yet. I don't know how it is, but that's also an intriguing aspect. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd be curious, comfort-wise, to compare the two to see. Because I do love how you don't have that, like, directly in your ear, where you feel that added pressure. Supposedly this has some kind of venting also to make it comfortable so you have that the perfect pressure level that everything's equalized, but... That's the one thing I really don't like about those that style where they go right in your ears because of that, where it always feels like you're kind of in a tunnel. Yeah. And so with active noise cancellation, reminder, these are probably going to do a good job at it. But if you do enable them and you go to the places that use AirPods, be observant of your surroundings. Don't get run over or something crazy like that. Because... <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a transparency mode you can turn you, on where you're not actually doing the noise. You can do that, but on if people ones. don't do that. That's why I just need oh, right, people yeah, to be yeah. as cognizant as possible. Because before AirPods, people didn't really have the wireless headphones, the wireless little buds in their ears. And now you see everyone has AirPods. So with these AirPod Pros and active noise cancellation, it seems like active noise cancellation is kind of reserved as this premium price tier. And that's definitely what the AirPods Pro are. But... If more people do adopt it just because of that Apple branding, be careful. <laughs> yep. Now there's yet another reason for people not to interact with one another because they just won't hear them. Yeah, you thought they couldn't hear you with those little white buds before. Just wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so then also Apple released iOS 13.2. Part of the feature update is that they support the AirPods Pro. So that's cool. If you get those, you're all ready. But it's more than that. Probably the biggest feature is that Apple announced Fusion Photos or whatever the stupid name they like to come up with. Deep, Deep Fusion. I knew it was a stupid name. And so with it, <laughs> the iPhone 11 Pro and Max Pro or Pro Max, whatever stupid name that is, it now supports this new Deep Fusion photography, which uses a million different al algorithms and takes multiple shots and finds the best pixel. Across, you know, there's like 13 million pixels in your photo. It finds the best pixel of these 30 photos and combines them all together into this perfect shot for greater detail and noise reduction. And it's especially emphasized in low light or medium light. You know, that night mode that Apple introduced just kind of improved and enhanced. Yeah, and so obviously I don't have a, an 11, uh, so I can't really test this out. But I'm curious, does it take any longer after you take the photo for it to return to then let you take another photo? Or is it just seem seamless like you don't notice yeah, it Yeah, I at didn't all? notice it at all. So I tried to test it on okay. my Pro Max, and I can't really tell if the picture quality is better. Part of me is like, yeah, there's less noise, but part of me, maybe I just think there's less noise. I don't have a direct comparison because now that I've updated... I can't also take the picture on iOS 13.1 and 13.2. Maybe if I had more foresight, I could have planned it out and taken a picture and then updated <laughs> my phone. But I wanted to see how this new feature worked. And I mean, night mode is already awesome with the iPhone 11 Pro Max. And even if it's a perceived enhancement, that's plenty fine because these pictures look excellent for as dark as it is. You take it without it, enabled it on, and you it's almost black what you're taking a picture of. And so now... There's definitely, I noticed the noise before in like iOS 13, 13.1. I didn't really notice the noise now. So if they've reduced that, they've enhanced it in any way, I'm appreciative of it. But yeah, no uh, processing yeah, yeah. noticeable difference in availability for the next picture. 
Okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, you sent me the the sample picture, and there was very little noise that I could see. In, and I mean, obviously, it looks amazing that you're able to get that clear of a picture with that dark mode on, which that's just impressive to me. I I, I can't do that with my phone, but um, it did look like there was very little noise, at least in the the sample picture you sent me. But yeah, without doing an apples to apples no pun intended, uh, comparison of the the two before the update and after the update, it's tough to tell, the, or is your mind want to see less yeah. noise so you're seeing less That's noise. That's the tough yeah. one to decide. But... Either way, it works, yeah. even if it's just in your Yeah, that's all that matters. I mean, you can take a picture and it looks like a potato, but if you think it's better than potato quality, like, oh, look, I took a picture of Bigfoot and everyone's <laughs> like, that's just like a blur in the trees. And you're like, no, it looks perfect. Well, that's all that matters to you. <laughs> true, true. If they look good to you, then you're. it's all yeah. set. And then, so that's only for the newest phones, but everybody's phones and iPads do get 70 new emojis. So... There's a lot of different ones to choose from. There's some that are very inclusive. There's gender neutral for every single standard emoji, family emojis they have. They have new uh, disability emojis. They have seen eye dogs and people in wheelchairs and uh, indicators for deaf people, bionic arms and legs, all that kind of stuff. And then they've added just optional things like there's a sloth, an orangutan, an otter, a skunk. You have a waffle and falafel now. There's all kinds of crazy stuff included. Yeah, and then just back to the inclusivity stuff. Now, if you have a a emoji that has multiple people in it, you can select the skin tones of all the people in that thing individually. So it's not always to the same skin tone. So now you have much more flexibility if you really want to capture the exact situation you're in and whatever your relationships are, you can do it. Which is awesome because now any everyone can feel like they belong. They have something that represents them that they can use uh, instead of just their memojis in there or whatever they're calling. Yeah, I think yep. that's what they call them. Uh, you can have you can use the stock ones, but have them represent who you are and their friends, loved ones, whatever. Yeah, so really, that's the main push Apple's doing, and it makes sense. And so if that was you, I'm not the biggest emoji user. I probably will never be sending any of these, but I do appreciate that <laughs> now they're available. I Yeah, I tend to use the same stock ones. I do like the juice box one. That's kind of helpful with kids. Uh, but uh, yeah, I tend to have my little set of favorites of ones I've recently used, and those are the ones I tend to go to the most often. Yep. But again, it's available now. There's 70 different ones to cover skin tones and genders and all that ideas and then you also have not that many other changes i think the other big one is that you can now opt out of sharing siri or having your calls recorded you can it asks you as soon as you updated would you like your calls to be saved and recorded by apple anonymously as you talk to siri you can specifically opt out now yeah i opted yeah, out I, did too. I, I don't need them <laughs> yeah and then you can also they don't need I... go ahead 
Oh, I was just going to say, they don't need to know what I'm asking Siri. Although, it probably would help me because half the time Siri doesn't even know what I asked her. Oh, no, it's going to go off, isn't it? No. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't even know what I ask, so it probably would help if I submitted my because then at least I could fix it. But they don't need that. So, yeah, it's nice to have the option. Now. And then also when you do the new haptic touch where you hold on to rearrange apps, you can now delete an app right from that contextual menu that pops up. I do like that. I wish they would add it to the search. So because sometimes I can't find where the app is sitting on my device. I wish I could do a search for the app, then hold down my finger with the force touch and then delete it that way. I have not tried that. I should see if that works. I don't think it worked. Yep. And so download iOS 13.2. It seems relatively stable at this point, unless you have a HomePod. If you do have a HomePod, congratulations, you're one of the select few on Earth. But it is also breaking some... <laughs> Of HomePods, Apple had to pull the update and they're going to have to work on bug fixes. Yeah. Apple TV was also. So all two of you. Up, yeah, the two of you. was updated with 13.2, but there was no noticeable changes in the beta. So I doubt there's any noticeable changes in the final thing. And we're just mentioning Apple TV because guess what? November 1st, this Friday, Apple TV Plus launches. You can get a 30 day free trial. If you have bought an iPhone 11 or iPhone 11 Pro or Max, you're going to get a year free. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work, but... Oh, they have instructions. Oh, it's available? They have instructions. Yeah, so it's if you just search Google this for it, but what it sounds like all you got to do is you go uh, launch the Apple TV app from your new device mm -hmm. and if you're logged in with your apple account it'll there's like a something that says i want my free year and then you just tap on that button and then apparently it starts a free year if you if you have family sharing and you bought multiple devices it's only going to prompt you once because uh it, all your family members are going to be able to to do it so uh it will only ever prompt you the one time for the entire family but apparently it's going to be a prompt that just comes up as soon as you load up the apple tv app on the new device with the apple account that you register the phone the new device with mm -hmm. so that's as long as that's easy you want to get that year you got the new phone might as well get as many benefits as you can yep actually speaking of benefits verizon did announce that they're going to give you a year of Disney Plus if you have a Verizon, I think, unlimited plan. It's the same. If you get Apple Music for free, I think you'll get the same year of Disney Plus. It's that same plan idea. And again, Disney Plus is launching on November 12th. And if you did sign up for the three years of Disney Plus and you have this Verizon deal, they put those three years on hold. And so essentially you get four years now. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. They let you pause it. And then you start to wonder, wait a minute, AT&T owns HBO. Why the heck aren't AT&T phones giving you like free HBO for a year or something? Like, it seems like Verizon has all the good deals right now. I And like Sprint gives you Hulu for I a year. I T-Mobile gives you Netflix, I don't know. right? Yeah, T-Mobile <laughs> gives you Netflix. That's built into the pricing. So yeah, it just seems like HBO, who own, I mean, AT&T, who owns HBO, can't even do that. Like, come on. There was, I think another one gave you like Amazon Prime. I, I I'm sure they all, was. yeah, that every single streaming service is tied up with a carrier at this point. Yeah, so it's uh, AT&T, get on the ball. Yep. But if you have Verizon, you are in some good shape for free stuff yep. and so that's the apple news of the week and now again halloween guess what it's this thursday 
October 31st, in case you don't know how to read calendars or have never experienced Halloween in your life. (laughs) (laughs) To all you newborns listening, thank you. With it, thanks for tuning. We in. wanted to recommend some apps for Halloween to kind of have your best Halloween ever, or however you want to call it. And so there's been a lot of apps in the App Store over the years, like since 2008. There's been some great Halloween apps, but sadly, these apps don't get updated. New standards for iOS devices leave some fallen by the wayside. And so a lot of previous picks that we've had and talked about on past podcasts are gone they're no longer available in the app store so that's definitely sad but there's still some ones to possibly use and enjoy probably by now hopefully you have a costume if not there's the party city app you can see what (laughs) scraps they still have left on the shelves or whatever you're not going to get anything shipped to you in time one other cool one is morph suits which lets you turn your phone into like a beating heart or a moving eye and it, there's a little sleeve in these costumes that you can slide your phone right into. But again, I don't think you're going to get these in time either. So with that in mind, we're going to focus on <laughs> things you can actually use and enjoy. And so there's a bunch of games. But before we get there, I do want to emphasize that you can download the Walking Dead Dead Yourself app and turn yourself into a zombie. I used to recommend iMutator, but that's no longer on the App Store. So the official Walking Dead app, you just search Dead Yourself. There's some really great photo effects for this app. And then you have a little photo you can share on your social channels. Yeah, so then it looks like you came up with this amazing costume and did this amazing makeup, and you can just lie to people and say, yeah, that was my costume. You didn't see me walking around? Oh, you missed it. And especially the more people who follow you who don't live close to you, even better. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) You can be the king of Instagram. And there's a bunch of other photo effects apps, but that one's free. There's an app called Photolab with some great effects, especially for Halloween, but it costs $4.99 a month subscription. You can get a three-day free trial, and since today is already the 29th, you can go 29th, 30th, 31st, you're covered with your three-day free trial. You can do all kinds of Halloween photo effects. Perfect. (laughs) See, we saved it just for now to tell you about it. So you didn't waste that three-day free trial before Halloween. And then there's a lot of scary stories available on the App Store. So The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, that's a classic. And you can read it, right? (laughs) You call that a scary story? I mean, say you have a five-year-old kid. Do you want to toss him into the deep end? (laughs) (laughs) I guess. (laughs) But then... We're watching it tonight, kid. No. There's also, so if you search iClassics on the App Store, they have these interactive classic stories. And, you know, you have uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, you have various Edgar Allan Poe books, you have H.P. Lovecraft books, you have all these kinds of horror stories, and they're fully fleshed out where the text comes to life. There's soundtrack, there's sound effects, there's moving images and animations tied right into what's happening on the story. Really neat way to have classic texts and stories brought to life in a whole new way. Yeah, and these are like the unabridged. So these are the full stories that you're getting. And it's it just, they really bring it to life. And it's just a much more fun way to read these because there is that soundtrack that goes within. They, they do stuff with the fonts and stuff to really kind of bring it all a neat way to read through it. And these are just really beautifully done. And oftentimes they do go on sale around this time of year. I 
I own just about all of them, so I can't tell you the prices. I'm looking in the App Store, and they all just have, like, the cloud and the arrow to download them. So I can't tell you if they're on sale right now, but usually they do go on sale. There are a ton of sales happening right now for Halloween, uh, so definitely look these up, and it's quite possible they are on sale. And then, guess what? There's some games to play. You can always get in the horror spirit with various games on the App Store because they release games, developers release games throughout the year whether they have horror themes or not. They don't wait till October to release them. And you stockpile that over multiple years, and there's some great offerings for games. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, quite a few, like, adventure games. And actually, a number of these, if you are someone who has an Android device and is listening, I know a number of the titles we're going to mention are part of that Google Play Pass thing. Uh, so definitely do your year for two bucks a month and or at least try the the trial and you it can access a lot of these games on android as well but uh, just as far as like adventure games go you have year walk which is absolutely amazing the whole rusty lake series that we've talked about probably in at nauseum 50 percent of our yeah. podcast yeah <laughs> probably 50 percent of our podcast we've mentioned and they have a new one coming out that you can pre-order right now uh limbo absolutely amazing game uh home and worse than death both are on sale right now i believe uh the walking dead the telltale game is amazing and very little nightmares which we talked about not that long ago i mean just some really fun adventure point and click style or just text adventure just really kind of deep stories that really kind of get you involved and if you like limbo inside fits in that horror theme too Oh, yes. Yeah. Inside as well. Yeah. Actually, I think I probably even enjoyed Inside more than Limbo. Yeah. I should have mentioned Inside. And then yeah. you have, you know, Walking Dead, you have season one and season two, plus the miniseries of the Michonne spinoff. And then season three got derailed. Wolf Among Us. Yeah, Wolf too. Among Us fits in perfectly. Telltale has nailed those. You could play Oxenfree. I mean, that's a whole yeah, story yeah. of paranormal activity and stuff. And it's an amazing choose your own adventure game. Yeah, and then if you're kind of like, maybe that isn't your style. If you like puzzle games, you got Friday the 13th, The Killer Puzzle. You got Slay Away Camp. Both of those, you're kind of like the stereotypical yeah, you're movie like a Jason. killer. <laughs> yeah, and you're going around and it's like a puzzle environment to, to kill people. So those are fun. Uh, <laughs> no, I know I'm saying kill. Oh, Party Hard. Party, Party Hard, hard Go. Why, why didn't you think of that? Oh, yeah, my. Party Hard you Go. Play as a Definitely go with killer. that. Uh, and then it's for like digital board games, Zombie Side, which you talked about on here before. Fantastic game. Uh, and then if you have kids, Tokaboo, Toka Mystery House, and the Monsters by Tiny Bop. All fun little things for them to do. And there was another one you mentioned just before we started recording. What was that one? You looked it up. And you said, "Oh yes, it's still here." I can't oh, remember what it yeah, was. It's it's the haunt, one, haunt, haunt, haunt the House Terror Town, which. This might be my favorite go-to Halloween game. It used to be Monster Kill, which is no longer on the App Store, where you use various swipe gestures to defeat Dracula, Wolfman, Mummy, all the classic Universal monsters. And so this has replaced it with Haunt the House Terror Town, where you essentially get to possess items in houses and restaurants, and you try to scare every single person out of the house. 
or the building, whatever building it is. It's just tons of fun because it's a goofy cartoon art style and you're just like, oh, I'm going to possess the clock and then the clock comes to life right when the person's standing by it or the chair slides to the right because you're just a ghost floating around and you can possess any item in the house to scare people. Yeah, and Tokaboo is kind of like a more kiddie version of that, even less scary. Like, there's no way a kid's going to be scared with Tokaboo. Uh, but it's not, definitely not as uh, gamified. It's more of just like a, an activity uh, versus this terror, Haunt the House Terror Town. But I highly recommend Haunt the House Terror Town, too. It's, it's great. It's by the same developer that did the Detective Grimoire and Tangle Tower, which is an Apple Arcade title, which we have not talked about yet, but uh, high quality, definitely uh, an excellent app. And I also want to mention Death Coming, which was one of my favorite games of 2018, where you're teaming up. You're like the assistant to the Grim Reaper, and you need to kill everyone in these imaginative ways. Like every single scenario is built out. So there's all these different trigger items that you can go to kill people. Again, it's that cartoon, goofy art style, but you're trying to possess souls. I mean, you're working for the Grim Reaper, and it's just hilariously sadistic. It's just like Party Hard Go, <laughs> and these games just, there's just something about them that just called me. <laughs> I know, you feel so wrong for loving them, but they are so good. So good. I de yes, I definitely. Uh... Another great title, another great choice. Uh, just a couple of classics. I know um, uh, Monster Kill was one of my go-to. Igor's Eye Blast used oh, to be one of my go-tos, and they're they're gone from the App Store, sadly. Uh, but Monster Mayhem is still around. That one is crazy fun. We were just constantly picking up new weapons and chainsawing things that are con trying to attack you. And then uh, Helsing's Fire is a great kind of Absolute puzzle game classic. where... You're, you use light to try to kind of do things to destroy rings of different colors and lights of different color. Excellent game. That one's still on the App Store. I'm, I, I, that I expected to be one that would disappear over time because it is so old, but it's still hanging on and definitely a highly recommended title. Yep. And there's plenty of others. There's a ton of zombie games we haven't even really dived into, like Zombie Night Terror and Infect Them All. They're both similar type of games where... You try to create the zombie plague. You infect one and it builds out that way. Yep, yep. Those are excellent. Zombieville, yep. I think, are still in the App Store. Zombieville 1 and 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah all these, like, there are so many. Like, it's tough to, to get, and you, it's not like you'll be able to play them all before Halloween. So, But these, are a good lot of these have appeal far yeah. beyond. Yeah, far beyond. So even if you grab a whole bunch of these titles, uh, you'll be playing them all year round. And so guess what? There's more Halloween stuff going on, and that's thanks to all the various streaming services available on your iOS device. In fact, there's one dedicated to horror stuff. It's called Shudder. S-H-U-D-D-R. It's a channel created by AMC with all kind of horror movies and TV shows specifically created, curated for this app. 
Yeah, so one of the shows on there is the brand new uh, Creep Show series, and if you have the Apple TV app, you can. It's one of these services you can subscribe through other apps. So like you can subscribe through Apple TV, you can subscribe through Amazon, and so if you have the Apple TV app, you download it. You can actually watch the first episode of this Creep Show series for free. Uh, you don't even have to subscribe to the channel. So definitely check it out. It's it reminds me a lot of the old Tales from the Crypt, uh, but. But it's this is based on the Creepshow comic book series, and so um, definitely that's a that's one you can check out for free. So go ahead. Yeah, Shutter TV they advertise it when you're in line at Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. There are a lot of like really creepy things that are almost feel like student made or really indie made that wouldn't make it for like big screen, and they're just really creative, creepy ideas to watch. Like some are goofy. Some are like absurdly gruesome or creepy, but it's just all kinds of little projects to dive into. They're not super, you know, it's not like an hour and a half or two hour movie. It's kind of little projects you can get into. But then they're also the bigger names, too. Yeah, it's nice that they have an outlet for these smaller things to to get some audience. And who knows, maybe the thing you're watching by this person now, they'll be the next big horror director or horror uh, movie writer or something like you never know. People always have these small starts and then blow up. So, yep. yeah, check and it out. And then there's Amazon Prime, which you've probably heard of. And Prime Video has a whole bunch of horror movies like they have more than hulu or netflix or anybody else out there hulu does have a special section dedicated to it but amazon seems to have the most they range from classics from alfred hitchcock like the birds and psycho to new movies like a quiet place and then they have classic the classic halloween plus the new version of halloween then they have uh shawn of the dead on here 28 days later blair witch project evil dead army of darkness and that whole series you have uh, more newer movies from Blumhouse, like Escape Room and Happy Death Day. All kinds of different variations of Halloween movies to watch. Yeah, and then they even have like all the cheesy ones you liked from the eighties, uh, and like they have Transylvania Six Five Thousand. They had Dead Heat. They had Killer Clowns from Outer Space. All kinds of like the class. These are the ones I watched as a kid. I watched these so many times. So. Whatever kind of horror movie you like, whether you like like really gory, weird ones, or you like more funny ones, or something in between, like the classics, there is so much. I was shocked at how much they had on Amazon Prime. Uh, just if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch all this stuff for free. Yeah, there's so many movies I've ended up adding to my watch list that are horror based because there's so many included. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't even look until you mentioned it. I'm like, holy cow, it's scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Hey, I remember that movie. Oh, that was a good movie. You're like, what's Cube? Cube was amazing. Definitely check out Cube. Uh, so yeah, uh, lots of stuff to choose from. Yep. If you have Amazon Prime. You could get lost and you can watch these long past this Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> and so, guess what? We're continuing the Guess What Ideas because Halloween is still continuing thanks to the Apple Arcade and our Apple Arcade Spotlight this week. All of the games have a relative horror theme, but reminder, we've talked about these two games in the past, but they are amazing. Jenny LeClue is horror-based. It's set around <laughs> Halloween time. There's pumpkins on her own front door, porch, and then 
Overland. Strategy game with these weird, creepy, almost Last of Us style monster things that you have to deal with in this whole strategy game. But these four games are separate of those. But again, if you haven't downloaded Jenny LeClue or Overland yet, be sure to do so. Yep. And so for this week, we are <laughs> going to start off with Inmost, which is probably the creepiest of the four. I mean, it's so creepy. There's a disclaimer at the start that says that the things that happen in this are fictional, but they're very heart-wrenching, and they deal with death and the, deal and the processes of that, so viewer discretion or playing discretion is advised. Yes, yeah, I, I was a little surprised by the warning. I had no idea what I was in for uh, starting this up when that came up, but I, I, I went ahead. I, I pushed ahead, and, and I actually played this whole entire oh, thing. Oh, wow. I don't know if you I finished it. I didn't have a oh, chance yeah. to finish it, but geez. It, you do get into it. It's easy to just go from the next sequence to the following one because it starts off where you play as this little girl and you need to escape the little room she's trapped in. And then you see these silhouetted monsters when the lightning flashes. And you're like, okay, this is kind of creepy. I don't know what's going on. And then you transition to kind of the main guy who has the jumping abilities. He picks up pickaxes and various items to interact with the world. And now you start going through caves and you expand in this whole more platformer adventure idea with him but then it transitions to an old guy and you start developing the storyline of this world and all the craziness is starts to build and then you transition back to the main character guy and everything starts building upon itself as the story unravels and unfolds in this there's like this whole blue cool colored contrast world in this pixelated art style constant kind of creepy music going on flashes of lightning and just really great setting built upon this pure platformer experience yeah so it's tough to talk about it because i don't right. want to ruin the story although some of the story is so confusing and it kind of makes sense in the end but there is a i'm guessing the old guy are you talking about the knight the knight guy because there's a, a character of a knight where like the whole platforming kind of changes so the the girl you can kind of move around stuff. So she can't jump as high and she often has to like move chairs and things in order to get to higher areas and things and she moves kind of painfully slow i wish she moved a little bit faster then there's the guy like you said he has a pickaxe and pick up other items and and could break things then there's also these segments where you're this knight who's kind of like almost in an underworld and he has like almost this he kind of moves more smoothly and he can swing his sword in different directions he's attacking all these things but he also has this ability to shoot out almost like this grappling hook that kind of pulls him into the direction he needs so like if he needs to go up you position him under a flat platform and there's certain areas where he can only do it and then he shoots up the the rope and then it drags him up to the to the landing and then he continues on and you kind of work your way through those platforming levels the one thing this game does which i thought was kind of interesting is well it immediately when you start playing it prompts you it's a it shows a picture of headphones and shows a picture of a physical controller <laughs> so they really recommend to use a physical controller i pushed through did not use a physical controller and was able to finish the whole game there was one section where it required a lot of fast movement to get away from the enemies, and it took four or five tries, but eventually I did it and was able to do it without uh, actually resorting to a physical controller. It was a little awkward, but I got it done. Uh, the one thing this game does do is there's sections where 
I think on purpose, you're almost overwhelmed with with enemies. And what will happen is if you end up dying, you respawn immediately right where you were. And then sometimes they've already kind of left some of those enemies you killed off so you don't have to kill them again or they kind of space them out. It seems almost like it it gets a little bit easier each time you die in a certain section so that you have a chance to pass it and move on. So it, it seems smart enough to never get so overwhelming that you're not going to be able to finish the game and not be able to move forward. They kind of keep on backing things off to help you. At least that's how it seemed to me. I think it's there, but maybe I was just imagining it. But it definitely felt that way. Yeah, I, I definitely could see that. For me, it just... I was intrigued. Like, the story is confusing. It's weird. But it's different. It's different enough that you actually want to know what's going to happen and going on. And then being able to transition or at least change the gameplay subtly between the different characters and the way the storyline moves around, I enjoyed that as well. It's funny, the very start, it was talking about, remember that story of the flowers? And I'm like thinking of that game portrait where the little girl and the yeah. old man and the flowers and then that game transitions between storylines. And I'm like, is this game actually in a shared universe with that game? <laughs> it's not but it's <laughs> it's still i like the idea of having different storylines and different playable characters and just keeping it fresh while still maintaining an accessible style like you said it recommends the third-party controller but i didn't have a problem with the touch controls it's a little tedious you have to kind of tap a couple times over and over but really the touch controls weren't problematic for me I could do the swipe to jump at an angle to clear gaps well enough and interact with objects and all that good stuff. Yeah, there were only a few sections where it came into play. And like I said, I wish the girl moved a little faster. There's also some nice uh, voiceover work when they're telling you, like, setting up the story in sections. They're they're kind of narrating certain sections, and it's there's some nicely uh, done voice work uh, that kind of rounds out the experience. But it's definitely, uh, I think it only took about three hours, three to four hours to finish. Uh, there were a few times where I was kind of losses exactly what where I need to go because some of the areas are really expansive so I probably spent some time going off in the wrong way not realizing where I had to go next because it is kind of a dark game and it like light-wise, um, and so there's certain times where you can't necessarily see the thing you need to pick up or the thing you're aiming for or a, a passageway you need to go into, so sometimes it gets a little obscured because of the pixel art style and the, the darkness of everything overall, and so that led me to kind of waste a little time in areas, but otherwise, I thoroughly enjoy this, and it was, I, like I said, I had no idea what this was going to even be like going into it, but I would highly recommend it if you like any kind of platform game. Yes, it is a dark subject matter, so if you have kids, maybe you should play it first before letting kids play, but um, it was a quite an enjoyable game. It really is. I was surprised. Like, it's not the typical fair in Apple Arcade. <laughs> it's definitely darker, not only in visuals, but in the subject matter. But just if you are any kind of fan of platformers, you're going to be right at home in this game. I don't think that you really have too much to nitpick about it. That's how well it's made. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, what they were able to pull off with the touch controls was very impressive because... 
even in that section where it was fast moving, I was able to pull it off with the controls as they were. The no sensitivity adjustments or anything. Like there's nothing to to adjust. You're stuck with what's there. But on my iPad, it worked well enough that I was able to get around and jump around and get away. And so it was a uh, it was good. And for the Halloween idea, it's especially creepy when you're playing as the little girl. But then you can kind of switch gears you get to go on the offensive once you become the knight so it kind of balances that out and then the regular guy kind of mixes the two but if you like that creepiness it's definitely available in this game oh yeah the girl is creepy yeah, it's, <laughs> the girl gets it's creepy. a very stealthy sneaky idea where it's more tension as building as you go yeah yeah and so that's in most it's available in the apple arcade it's universal and then there's Dreadnautical. It comes from Zen Studios, who are best known for their Zen pinball games. And this is a departure from that. It's a 3D turn-based strategy game, kind of like Overland, but with a different subject matter, kind of different perspective. But similar idea where you put your characters into position, and then you're going to attack various items. So in this case, you're on a cruise ship that's gone to a different realm, and now there's zombies on your ship. They're called Thralls. And you need to slowly but surely defeat the zombies, move through each deck of the ship, find any survivors to kind of accent your team. And then also there's the whole survivor mechanic where you need to pick up food to make sure your character has enough resources and sustenance to go from deck to deck, day to day. And then also you have items that you need to craft at your workshop. You need to pick up usable parts to make sure that your weapons are always handy so you can defeat these zombies. And then there's the whole peculiar overarching storyline where you go through the deck of the ship. You don't have any idea what's going on, why these zombie things are there. And then you're losing days at a time. And then when you press the foghorn of the ship, you reset back to the origin, the little like bunker that you start with. And then you can go to the elevator and start at a new deck and a new day. But for some reason, the foghorn resets the day. So you have this whole peculiar storyline overarching the core turn-based strategy game yeah yeah it almost became there's different uh difficulty levels you can set so you can have it it's this roguelike element i think i'm playing with the normal difficulty yeah. i think if you go up in difficulty then you don't carry over items from day to day and you lose some items so uh it makes it that much more challenging but it reminds me a lot of the original walking dead kind of turn-based strategy game that used to be in the app store that's no longer on there and a little bit of like zombie side where you have to those action points of how you allow you to move around or attack and then you'll be picking up various weapons and things as you go and those have different uh not only power like how much damage they do but also the range of those weapons so you now want to make sure you're carrying a, a mix of uh close and ranged weapons so you can take out these enemies without getting too close and taking damage and then you'll eventually start to rescue other survivors so now they come around with you and you have to make sure you have food for them you have to make sure you have beds for them and so you have to craft those beds back in the lobby of the ship after each round so there's all kinds of like resource management involved as well and 
as well as that overarching like weird storyline this one i like you see zen studios and you're like these guys made pinball games what do they know and like holy cow this one is super enjoyable too i love this thing and so i've been playing through this a bunch i've only been slowed down because i wanted to finish inmost uh and so but this is one i'm definitely i think there's 20 20 different levels of the ship and there's various like harder enemies as you go so you really have to start upgrading your weapons and uh, building up things right off the bat you get to choose between four different characters each kind of have their own special abilities uh and special characteristics to them and then there's this whole over uh, like uh speaking tree i can't even speak uh where you're choosing like dialogues of how you want to talk to the different survivors and that affects how things progress within the game as well depending on how those choices that you choose and uh, whether how you're going to help kind of convince these people who have somehow trapped on this boat as well and they're going through day by day and you're trying to get them to join your crews to help you out because you're going to need them as things get more and more difficult so you have to make certain choices with those dialogues as well. So there's all these various elements you kind of have to keep track of, but it's a super clean interface and easy to, to follow. Uh, and it just draws you right in. And this uh, this was just another big surprise for me this week. Yeah, there's complete dialogue choices plus voice work. You know, we've talked about a few text-based games that have no voice work in them at all. And this one, your character interactions have complete voice actors doing the thing based on which characters you choose. You're going to have different ways to speak it and say it. And then the dialogue choices will be remembered. And then, like you said, the normal difficulty allows the day-to-day keeping of your resources to make sure you're kind of going from deck to deck. 20 decks is a lot to go through, especially as you start to explore them and you see different rooms don't have what you need because you always need to make sure you end the day with food. If You can die of hunger in this game. So... It's not only the zombies that can kill you. You have to be aware of that as well. And then you have to make sure that as you expand survivors, guess what? You need more food. You need more resources. You got to build extra beds. And the survivors will help you defeat zombies. But then they need that's more mouths to feed, more things you have to kind of explore on each deck to be able to have enough resources to keep going. Yeah, so the only thing I will knock on this game is, so when you return to the lobby, there's like these 3D animations, and they're not so great, and they're talking. The voiceover work is great, but the way they don't move lips on these guys or anything, the way they, they move their arms around, kind of line up the speak is they move <laughs> their arms around. So they're just standing there and they're moving their arms around in the cadence with the words that they're speaking. I'm doing it to you yes. right now, which you can't see, <laughs> but it's very odd and it just kind of it takes you out of it because you're like, what the heck is wrong with these people? They're just swinging their arms around with the words, but the lips don't move. I don't know. It was a little weird. But other than that, like, I love the the visual style of the actual gameplay where you have this kind of top down isometric view of the ship and everything's kind of dark until you open a door to a new section. Now that section's revealed. So you have no idea if all of a sudden you can open a door and there's all kinds of enemies in there. And now they will move out of that room into the room you're in. So you have to be careful or set up traps or other things in order to help protect yourself. Because eventually, the first few decks are 
fairly easy. You're not going to take much damage. Any kind of damage you take, there's plenty of bandages to heal yourself. But once you start getting into the third deck and beyond, the th enemies get bigger, the damage gets more, so you really have to now start being careful about how you plan things out and move around the ship. So, uh, yeah, it it's this one is uh, is definitely one to check out. Yep, Dreadnautical. If you liked Overland, hopefully you've played it. You'll like Dreadnautical. If you like turn-based strategy games, they nail the strategy, and then there's a smooth difficulty curve, so you're not just overwhelmed right at the start, but it's never too easy. That's a good balance there. So, Dreadnautical. <laughs> yep. And then you mentioned Tiny Bop, or you didn't. You mentioned Tokoboka. I did mention okay, Tiny Bop. Whatever. And, and I did mention Tiny Bop. They're the same Bob. company to me. And with it, <laughs> Tiny Bop has made a lot of like interactive kids kind of educational apps. And so things that go bump is more in the game pedigree. And at first glance, I was like, oh, this is like Haunt the House Terror Town. You're going to possess stuff and scare people and all that. And it turns out it's nothing like that game at all. You actually possess stuff and you create these little fighting monster battle things. Like you grab the cheese grater as your body and then you grab like a couple pins or a slinky as your legs. And then you pick up uh, the scissors or a house knife, or a fly swatter as your weapon, and you fight these other little creations based on the same, like, household item contraption creations. Right, yeah, basically you select a room in the house, and then it's a race to have your little glowing spirit collect a body, and then any other pieces of it, whether it be a hat, eyes, and a weapon of some sort. Then you're just kind of floating around this thing, jumping around as much as you can. If you have the spring, you can really jump high, and you're just basically trying to attack. It's a free-for-all, just attacking the other people in the room as much as you can and then if for some reason you die you can go try to repossess something else and continue and just like chaotic attacking like I, the, to me I, th I was expecting a lot more i i guess I, they i i should have expected something a little more simplistic just because it is tiny bop and they're aimed towards a, a whole friendly audience uh family audience but i don't know with i thought they're educational apps were a little more in-depth on things so this kind of was a little bit of a disappointment to me i just expected it to be more than what it was there's really nothing much to it at all there's no real strategy involved you're kind of just flailing the attack button the best you can and jump into dodge attacks as you go you realize that like the scissors are going to do quicker attacks than the fly swatter which is more deliberate it's a longer process to attack but it's more powerful attack. You you pick up pick up on that idea, but it's not really strategy based. It's so tight quarters combat. You're kind of just flipping around and hoping for the best, almost kind of like those BattleBot style games that they've had, but even simpler than that. It is cool that there's online multiplayer based, but again, it's built into the same relatively rudimentary gameplay. Yeah, so you have a choice when you play. You can play against like a whole bunch of bots in like a horde mode locally, or you can play online and it uses Game Center to set up a random match with up to four players, uh, or you can send invites to Game Center friends, which I don't or yeah, any friend. You can it send out an iMessage to them, and then they can join in, and then you play against one another. I did notice that in the 
uh, match when I played the horde mode. So you just keep on going through wave after wave in horde mode. All I did was pick up the tiniest body I could find and the scissors, and I just roamed on the ground at the very low, and I was just able to take out anyone and everyone for wave after wave after wave. Even if they had something like the fly swatter or something, it took them so long to swing that I had done so much damage to them so quickly with the scissors that I was only hampered by my thumb tiring out from tapping the button that otherwise I could have just kept on going and going and going. So it seemed a little unbalanced if you picked up the right combination of things and found the right location within the room that you were in. But it, it I, to me, it's just too chaotic and and I just didn't see a lot of replayability with it. It seems yeah. like you kind of get tired out with it pretty quickly. Yeah, like you get to the core game, and it's not like the other rooms really change it. There's nothing to strive forward, unlock, or build your way toward. It's an endless wave, and it's the same relatively simple gameplay. You're smashing one attack button. Right, right. Or you jump, you have a jump button, an attack button, or you can do something to swap out the pieces of your body if you want to pick up something else, or your weapon or something. But other than that, it's just too repetitive. Like, they need more options to to mix it up. Otherwise, I think even kids who can repeat things an insane number of times, I think they're going to get bored with this at, at, at some point. The good thing about things that go bump is that it gives you more time to play Inmost and Dreadnautical. <laughs> that too, yes. I did not play much of this. Everything this, on the this, Apple Arcade is not perfect. Always a reminder. No, no. <laughs> and then everything's not going to appeal to right. everyone. So there could be someone like, this is the best game ever with things that go bump. But for me, it was kind of, yeah. Meh. And then to round out the week, we have the Get Out Kids, which is a story that starts out relatively simple. Kids are going to sneak out and they want to go see a movie, a drive-in movie. But there's peculiar happenings. The very house that the game starts in, the family that it starts of, is cursed. You know, essentially all their family members die in peculiar and horrible circumstances. So you have that setup, that intrigue right at the start. But then the actual gameplay is about as simple as you could expect in a whole 3D puzzle adventure game where there's kind of like the hidden object ideas and interact with the environment, but it's just so simple. The switching the lights on and off for a puzzle, making sure everything is properly aligned on the TV screens, the using the boomerang to get through the the bats. Oh, find my asthma inhaler. It's laying right in the middle of the room, like on the bed. It's like, oh yeah, cool. That was tough. (laughs) It's just everything is as simple as it possibly could be that I wanted to get through the story because as you go, it starts getting really interesting that there's overarching potential vampire ideas and things go missing and all kinds of peculiar happenings in the town. But the gameplay is so boring and basic, you don't even have the urge to keep going. I finished this one. This one, I, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed it the was, story. I just couldn't do it. It was I a little predictable at times. <laughs> it was a little bit predictable at times and it's way too repetitive yeah they call it an interactive storybook so it's not meant to be super challenging but it still could have they could have put a little more challenge or at least had multiple difficulty levels in it because 
it's set in 1984. I was immediately like so much nostalgia with the stuff they're talking. They're going to see Ghost yep. Blasters, which is obviously Ghostbusters. And like there's so much 80s references that I absolutely love that about it. And like even the music was kind of like a little 80s soundtrack. Like it, I enjoyed all of the story and everything, even though it was super cheesy at points. But it, like right from the get go, you are packing your bag to go off on this adventure. And it's like, I got to find this. And they pan out and then they pan back into the room and you can see this thing while they're panning back into the room. You know exactly where it is and you can actually tap it. But then they got to pan back out and then pan back in. And there's about like 10 items you got to pick up with each of these kids. And I'm like, this is so repetitive. I understand. Like we could have done this in like a quick one or two item tutorial. Like, I could have just panned around the room myself, spun it around, and tapped all the items if you gave me a list of items to pick up, instead of telling me one by one the things I need to pick up. So, that was a little frustrating. I understood, like, it seemed like they were doing that more to pad this out to take longer, but they could have done it in other ways to keep your interest. And then, as far as, like, the puzzle parts of it, they would repeat puzzles over again and then they you had to do the same puzzle like three times in a row in three different rooms but you're like kind of sick of it because they're so basic that you don't want to have to do the same basic puzzle three times change it up do something different and like you could have done different puzzles for each one of these instead of repeating the same thing over and again when it's so basic you know how it works after the first time and so I think there's things they could have done to make this more interesting. I think the story's fun. It's cute. Uh, it's kind of weird by the end. Like, there's one aspect of it that, I don't know, I feel like they should have been a little sadder about something, but they weren't. And, uh, but it's... I, I don't know. I enjoyed the story, but the game was, I guess, if you look at it as an interest storybook, I could kind of give it a little, cut it some slack, but I don't know. It just was a little too simplistic for me, but I stuck through it. I think it only took about an hour to go through. Um, it wasn't very long, hour and a half, maybe, because you have to wait for yeah. things, but... Um, it, it, it was enjoyable, but it's really, I think they could have spent a little more time and made it a little more flushed out. Yeah, the interface itself is kind of annoying and tedious. Right at the start, when you find a hidden object, it zooms back out. It doesn't stay where you were. Yes. I don't want to zoom back in. Just continue where I was at the particular camera angle that I was. And then they chop up, the, like you said, the chapters. There's 43 chapters, and that's just so you have to sit between loading screens and for additional amounts of time. I, I don't know why they want you... Oh, here... You have to go from chapter to chapter. Better pick up your phone and check Twitter in the meantime that the game is loading these super simplistic <laughs> 3D model scenes that they have. It's not like you're loading into this super expansive world or something that they've created. I don't know why they couldn't render the game any better than they did. And again, that's just the simplicity of the gameplay, the loading screens. I couldn't keep going, even though I was intrigued by the story. Really good story. But... The rest of it yeah. just doesn't lend itself to want to go through it. Yeah, that was the loading was frustrating. I forgot to mention with Dread Nautical, that did have some long loading times uh, when you started in a new level as well. I wish somehow they could speed that up. But yeah, it's it's it seemed like it was unnecessary some of this stuff, and I don't know if they 
it was easier to like I don't know what the the pedigree of the the developer of this is so like it almost felt like it could have been a newer newer programmer uh did this game but then again it had to be someone who was familiar with the 80s so it couldn't be like a kid so it had to be someone more adult that did it uh so I don't know it this is where I was a little confused because it felt almost like it might have been like a college kid or a or a teenage kid maybe put this thing together but then the whole 80s where they really nailed a lot of the 80s nostalgia and things about the 80s I I didn't think it could be a kid that did it so I don't know but there's definitely some uh optimization that could be done with this to help improve load times uh, and less chunky to chunk it all up. The chapters, I understand if they want to make it a, because it's an interactive story, and that I had less of a problem with. It was just the repetitiveness of things that annoyed me. Yep, so that's the Go Out Kids, or the Get Out Kids. The Get Out yep, Kids. Sorry. Yep. And <laughs> it's available on Apple Arcade. So again, in most creepy, dreadnautical, weirdly zombie, Things That Go Bump has the possessions thing, but it's not scary at all. And then the Get Out Kids is more like a, a Goonies scary or Stranger Things scary, where it's not really scary at all, but it has that vibe. Yep. And so I think that's everything for episode 122. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> to everyone listening, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AppAdvice and at AppAdicNet. And we hope you enjoyed. We'll talk to you next time. Happy Halloween. Nice.